0: So if they can go around. And while the buckets are going around, let's give Duncan a God-first welcome as he comes to share. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm going to move this and um, (laughs) if that's okay. Hopefully you better see me at the back. Is that Jewish style? See, I knew it. Duncan, that very Jewish name um good 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 to be here oh, I hope this is gonna gonna I'm on so there you go um I kind of I, I felt like I wanted to sit down because I, I, I wanted to have a, a a little bit of a of a chat almost this morning and kind of uh, talk through some stuff numbers of us will be up to date with news where we got to the family meeting but I'd already prepared this uh, leading up to that and um uh, we'll be showing this at Christchurch as well. I wanted to talk really about three, I think, key things for us as a church. One is what it means to be family. Uh, one is what, what really matters. That's the second point. Uh, and we'll talk about love. Uh, and this whole thing of unity. And so, uh, there are tons of scriptures that are probably going to come up on the screen and Hayley will keep up. Round of applause for Hayley, I think. Uh, the, the, the most, um, the, the most stressful job in the room. <laughs> By a long way, uh, because everyone notices. And look at that, being a family god. Well done, you're uh, you're you're on the money already. So I I just want to look at this um, foundation of family. Really Um, interesting. I think the, the, the concept of family probably evokes all sorts of things for different people and maybe our experience of family wasn't great in our upbringing or, or or maybe when we talk about church being family that has a a whole nother resonance to it because uh you don't have to go far to find a Christian who's been hurt in the church uh and that's my experience uh and uh, so so when we start talking about family it's quite an interesting thing and um I think what can happen is that we can have the ideal here and when the thing doesn't hit the ideal, uh, there's this gap. And what do you do in the gap? What, what, do, you, what do you do in this gap where that's, that, this is the ideal but this is where we are? Uh, what do you do uh, in the gap? And uh, I've just put here, I, I think when something's not ideal... Uh, and something's not where we want it and it falls short, it doesn't mean you stop pursuing God uh, for the ideal. In fact, the scriptures talk about that God is moving us from glory to glory. Does anyone know that they've been moved from glory to glory? Yeah, yeah I'm, I feel like God is definitely doing that with me and we're all being changed, don't we, from glory to glory. And so, uh, actually when we talk about family, the truth is sometimes we have to talk about what it means to forgive I want to ask you to put your hands up if you've ever had to forgive one of your family. <laughs> it's often those closest to us, isn't it, but, uh, that causes us sometimes the most uh, pain. Um, so dealing with our disappointment um, and yet never stopping pressing for what God has called us to. And so, you know, the church is an incredible thing, isn't it? I mean, look around. It's an incredible thing when you when you look at the backgrounds that we've come from and our experiences that we've had, uh, and <clears throat> different ones of us at different stages of our lives. Uh, and the church is this incredible thing because it's it's called to be an outpost of heaven. Uh, you did know that uh, it isn't just about meeting, didn't you? didn't know that the church is not just about meetings that it's about this uh call to be an outpost to heaven in fact my kids and I can speak much more openly here than I can in Christchurch because they'll shoot me in Christchurch actually while I'm while I'm sitting here they'll shoot me uh but uh one of the things one of our values as a family is that uh really we we didn't say kids we just want you to behave uh we said when we are not there and when you are somewhere else your assignment is to represent the family Uh, and so and this doesn't always work to the best not always because none of us are perfect but but it should be look at the kids see the parents Uh, look at the kids see the family values look at the look at the kids and and see what is important to the family and that's really what the church is it's look at the father's children and see what the father's like Uh, look at the church and his kids and and see uh what father son and holy spirit uh are like and so it should be that we're proactively and positively representing the family values. And so Ephesians talks like this, and I've read this verse I think multiple times in recent weeks. Um, feeling like the, the fans are, are we right? I know you're trying to do that very sensitively, but I'm just having a chat, so I'm, are we happy John? Are we all cool enough? Yeah. Thanks, John. Thanks for serving us. Ephesians 3.10. I've said this multiple times, but, uh, the new commentary version says it like this. Um, new century version, rather, says it like this. His purpose was that through the church, all the rulers and powers in the heavenly world will now know God's wisdom, which has so many forms. It was through the church, through you and me. And so we're not just another club in the area. Are we? We're not just another program. We're a family of God, and that's the truth. and And God doesn't want a structure or a machine or a pro a thing that you can program and it churns out results. Actually, God is building a family. Uh, in fact, I would say you could argue the whole narrative of the Bible is about the father getting his kids back. I think you could, you could articulate it like this. The whole, the whole grand sweep from Genesis right through to Revelation, uh, is about God pursuing his kids. And he, he came after us. That's what, that's what Luke tells the story in Jesus, doesn't he? In prodigal son in Luke 15, they're, they're that kind of the father running after the son. And the father sent his one and only son on a mission to save us. And so Ephesians 1 5, God decided, it's an amazing thing, in advance to adopt us into his own family. That should make our faces shine, <laughs> that God has chosen to adopt us into his family. That, that's what he wanted to do, and it says it gave him great pleasure. Rick Warren puts it like this, you're called to belong, not just believe. Amazing thing, the family uh, of God. You are members of God's family. Paul says in Ephesians two nineteen. Ever so fundamental as we journey together as a church, that we that we understand that that the plan for your life is to connect. So the New Testament picture of of the church actually is mothers and fathers, it's sons and daughters, it's brothers and sisters. Uh, and what I've found in the church is, and you probably found this in the same family, you get these sorts of things. Some are rejoicing and some are grieving. You notice that, or some are hurting and some are, some are feeling healed up. You know, you've, you, when you're going through a tough time and then someone else is celebrating, that's challenging, isn't it? He's "I want to celebrate with you, but right now I'm going through uh, a tough time." Some are overflowing with hope. Some are wrestling with hopelessness. Some are robust and strong. Some put, some of us need propping up. Some are getting it right. Some are getting it wrong in the family. Some are mature, some of us are immature, but the bottom line is the family is held together in Christ and we're interconnected. Paul talks in Corinthians about this family being uh, all one, uh, and if one part of the body suffers, all the parts of the body suffer with it. Or if one part of the body is honoured, all of the parts share its honour. And so this supernatural family that we belong to, that, that the Father has come after us, and, and we, we are vertically connected with God. That, that, that's miraculous, that, that this void of sin that separated us from, uh, from the Father has been spanned by the blood of Jesus, by the cross of Christ. And yet horizontally now, and you can look around again, we, we, we're connected. Connected with one another at a deep level, in fact, that connection that we have is deeper than blood it 's going to span into eternity in fact pearl 's baptism is a celebration because you 're being baptized into the family of Christ uh, and it spans into eternity that 's good news isn 't it uh, And so, as we uh, go down or some of you go down the, the beach to the right place, follow the map uh, and um, you know there 's no such thing as a believer in the New testament who 's not connected to the family of God, no such thing and it's deeper, as I say, than any blood connection that you have. Galatians 4, 7. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heirs. Heirs of something incredibly profound. And Rick Warren says this. I thought this was good. Four of the Ten Commandments are about relationship with God. Six of the Ten Commandments are about relationships with people. All ten are about relationships. And That's, that's a scary thought because then we have to, out, we have to work that out. And so, you know, the New Testament talks about really this being together, these relationships endlessly. Things like love one another, encourage each other, accept each other, honour each other, forgive each other, admonish each other, pray for each other, greet each other, submit to each other, be devoted to each other, teach each other, serve each other. And if you notice that you can't work any of those out on your own. I mean, I literally am the most patient person in the world on my own i'm on time i'm everywhere i need to be i'm not waiting at the front door you know are we ready to go yet well uh, patience patience you know that that, that's that's the truth i've said this before even this week you know that person in our connect group that rubs us up the wrong way is god's sanctification tool for you we don't want that what we want to do is not go to connect group anymore not or or rather not connect please uh and uh you know I, i put it this way um have I put it, you know, I, actually I know, I'll get to that in a moment. You know, it's, it's, it's very, very easy to think we're spiritually mature on our own. I am so mature on my own. I, you know, I, I am. I'm amazingly mature. But being family is one of the ways God <clears throat> sanctifies us. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing, full of love. And so Ephesians 4 isn't simply about uh, Ephesians 4 ministries doing stuff to people. It, it's the ministry of the body growing one another up. And so that's, that, that can be challenging sometimes, uh, but it's key uh, in terms of how that works. You're the family of God. We're, we, do you know this word fellowship? It really, it this winds me up. This is why I'm sitting down and not standing, because it just keeps my blood pressure. But you know this kind of, let's have fellowship, meaning let's have cake and coffee, that's not that's not koinonia, the Greek version. That, that 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 is coffee and cake, yes. and at God first we have good coffee and amazing cake and cake sales. And what is, what is it bit for this week? Casey Wastle, there you go, because we've got two cake sales in a row. But koinonia is they they devoted themselves to one another. Do you know what that means? It means I will lay down my life for you. That that's what it means. Not could you make me a coffee, please? And can you make sure you make it well? That's, that's not fellowship. It's, it's I'll lay down my life. And it, what happens is when we don't understand that, we stand on the margins and we criticize. It's amazing how many men, and probably and women, but particularly men who watch football, so you would think that they're professional footballers. Yeah. By the way, they're overviewing the match and saying, what are they doing? You know, and, and actually that's what it can be like in church when we think we're attending an event rather than connected, uh, as a family. And we can become easily half-hearted or become consumers rather than contributors. So, so family, I know we know this stuff, but it's ever so important that that's, that's who, who we are. And then secondly, what really matters? So easy in life to, to lose sight of what really matters. And I, I was thinking about this. There's so much white, no, white noise, I would call it around. So, so at the moment, social media, how many likes I got for my post or, or Brexit. Or who's going to be the next uh, prime minister, assuming the Queen accepts the suggestion? Uh, if any- <laughs> I would like to see the Queen say no. That would be so great. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I say, no, I don't think so. <laughs> She's got. You do know she can do that, don't you? Um, so there's you know, so many things vying for our attention, including just the everyday decisions of life. I mean, even this morning, getting here so that Annie could be involved in leading worship at Christchurch, and Joe still at home, uh, was a conversation and another bit of noise. Uh, and uh, and what about? I don't know if you've, you've thought about this, but I heard someone say this recently that uh, we're probably the well, we're the only generation so far has had to cope with seven billion people's worth of news. I mean, think about that. So we, we hear news of famines and wars and disease and things that, that 150 years ago we were not living with that level of communication and, uh, and, and actually emotional burden of what that means as we journey that. We're bombarded with it. Or I remember when I started in Christian leadership, I didn't have email. Uh, and uh, when I did get email, it was on dial-up. Anyone remember that? Uh, and I, I had to unplug from the phone line, uh, get all my emails stored up and then plug them in and people just get 15 emails all at once. Uh, and that, that was how it worked. But now I've got things like WhatsApp, Messenger, email, iMessage, SMS, phone calls, voicemail, all of those. So I apologise if I miss any of those from you. Uh, but it's, it, life appears very complicated, but the truth is it's very simple. Ever so simple. Paul summarises the whole of the entire law, he says, is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. Really simple. God is love. Simple. You want to know what God is like? He's love. You want to know what the family of God should look like? It should look like love. Jesus loves the church. I mean, sometimes Christians will say, I love Jesus, I just don't love his wife. (laughs) Because I've been hurt by the church, or I love Jesus, I just don't like his body. Seriously, and you think actually you can't separate Christ out now from the church? Because guess what, he loves the church. Guess what, he died for the church. Guess what, he's the head of the church, and we're his body. And so Jesus loves the church, and God tells us to love people. It means multiple verses on this you could you could say. But again, in Galatians, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love amazing well what about this live a life of love 2 John 6 what about this 1 Corinthians 13 we know because it's always read at weddings but it's supposed to be beyond just weddings okay Uh, but 1 Corinthians 13 so no matter what I say what I believe and what I do I'm bankrupt without love and you say yeah I agree Duncan I absolutely agree we've got to love people let's get out there let's love people let's go to the byways and the highways let's tell people who don't know Jesus let's love them let's love them let's love them Well, that is great, but that's not where God starts. See, where God starts is in the church. And so Peter says this, love the family of believers. Paul says something quite provocative, I think, in Galatians. He says, when we have the opportunity to help anyone, we should do it. But then he says, but we should give special attention to those who are in the family of believers. Fascinating, isn't it? That that we're to be out there, but there's special attention to the person sitting next to you. Isn't that incredible? And so Jesus said, Look, if you want to represent me to the world as you love one another, that's what he said. Love one another, for your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Interesting, not our clever arguments, not our breathtaking achievements, our impressive services, our great website. It's none of those things, it won't win the debate, love will. I'll tell you, it's true. I, I have to, I don't know whether it was a joy or a pain really, but Joe, for about three weeks at least, had been t- saying, we're out on the streets, we're doing some evangelism as part of a connect group, uh, and you should come, Duncan. And what we're going to do is we're going to give things away, tell people about Jesus, then we're just going to hug people. I was like, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> definitely had something in my diary, but, but <clears throat> by the end of that conversation, it was definitely full. And then I sat over the dinner table, and Harry, uh, Harry, he was like, "Oh, what's, oh, what's that? They're going to think you're creepos." So that was his, he'd be like, "These creepos who are going around hugging people, and uh, and what what is that?" Ugh. <laughs> so I thought, well, I've, I've so I thought I've judged it before before I've done it. So I thought I'll go, and I went down, went down there, and they were out, and I started to hand out some sweets and. We gave some balloons to kids, and then they said, right, here we go, the hug's going up. So they, put, they had this easel, and they put three hugs on it. <laughs> I thought, like, okay, here we go, I know how that works. Uh, and, um, and I'll tell you, within, I was shocked, within, within five minutes, the whole atmosphere changed. Uh, and people were staggered, because I think it was, it was an expression of love. And so you have people who say, I've lost my husband 44 years ago. And, and, and just giving a hug, an appropriate hug, and saying, you know, just, just people feeling, feeling tangibly the love of God. i would tell you, it changed the atmosphere in Saxon Square more than anything I've ever seen ever. Did I enjoy it? No. <laughs> would I try and get out of it again? Absolutely. Uh, but. <laughs> did it do me good? I think it did. And actually we were walking back to the car and I dropped the card that said free hug in front of this old lady and I picked it up and said, we're giving free hugs, do you want one? She said, alright then. And so, here we go. So, that's, you know, but actually loving one another through thick and thin is, is is fundamental. In fact, Colossians puts it this way, above all clothe yourself with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. I remember a I was involved in a funeral um, for someone in the church and uh, we were at the crematorium and, and it was a, quite a bizarre funeral. There was a whole load of things bizarrely around it, but it was, uh, it was a family in the church. But, it was, but I, think, I think from memory, we, we started to sing Bind Us Together and held hands in the crematorium. Really, really odd in, in lots of ways. The, as I left, the crematorium lady who kind of run the place, you imagine how many funerals are going through that place, was in tears. And she just witnessed something that was deeper than the thing that was happening. And again, that expression of, of being unified uh, together in love. And, and you can't do this in isolation. Like I've said, I, you know, again, we, we're interdependent. We're, we've got to authentically position ourselves. I would say even with news we're sharing about here, what's happening here, and you'll catch up if you haven't heard, uh, would be we've got to be authentic. We've got to say, this, this, is, this is the real me. Okay, this is this is who I am because I think sometimes what we what we do with people and uh, you, you, we love selectively and we can't afford to do that. And so what happens is, is I love the me I see in you. It's often, <laughs> it's often how it works. I love you because you remind me of myself. But when the homeless person comes in or or the person who's journeying something within the church he's not reacting how you're reacting or or struggling with something in a way that you're not struggling with, you've got to love that person through it. Does that make sense? And so we, we can't be selective with that. Rick Warren said it this way, even in the perfect sinless environment of Eden, God said it's not good for man to be alone. We're created for community, fashioned for fellowship and formed for family. And none of us can fulfill God's purposes by ourselves. And so family, I, I just want to say we, as, we, as we're family, let's not forget what's important. And let's remember that, that, that love starts at home. Love starts in the family here. Loads more I could say about that. But many of us and all of us probably could quote John 3.16. But I wonder how many of us think of one John 3.16 that says this. This is how we know what real love is. Jesus gave his life for us so that we should give our lives for our brothers and sisters. That's koinonia. That's fellowship. And loads more I could say, but I'm just going to move us along. Let love be your highest goal, 1 Corinthians 14. And then thirdly, unity. Probably don't need to say much more on this in, in many ways, but the Bible talks, or the New Testament talks about more about unity than about heaven and hell. Uh, and oneness and harmony is hugely important to God. In, in fact, I think it's partly because, again, we're to reflect God to the world, and God is three in one, isn't He? Uh, and so He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He, he is diversity and harmony, or, or all, all in one and so Jesus is found praying in his high, high, high priestly prayer that moment where he's saying Jesus keep them as one I pray for them now they're in the world keep them as one uh, every parent loves seeing their kids getting along when they're, when they're together and getting along it's a beautiful thing and Paul talks in the church about the church as this body that we've talked about and that's why actually there's, there's in a family there's no such thing as private sin Sin is always a bomb, not a bullet. Let me put it that way, because we're interconnected. We belong to one another. Like it or not, that is just the reality of how it is. That uh, uh, you know, when, it, when a foot hurts, it can't say to the rest of the body, well, will crack on without me." It asks Shirley when you break your ankle. <laughs> yeah, so you, you just can't just get on. You know, even when you hurt your big your, your big toe, it's it's a big issue uh, for you. And so, but there's also there's no such thing as an individual success. And so your breakthrough is my breakthrough. If you see a sick person healed of something I've never seen, that's my breakthrough. If you press through and, uh, in, in a situation where you receive God's grace, I was talking to Steve not to embarrass you, but, but your journey of where you're at health-wise is our breakthrough, not just your own, as you journey and journey that, that in God. Uh, and I think that's ever so important as family. We think actually if one person journeys something and finds the grace of God for them, for themselves in there, it can help the others. And that, that and the rest of us. And I think that's very true for us. And so Luke puts it this way in Acts. He says, all the believers were united in heart and mind. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine what the, the, the possibility of a community that were united in heart and mind look, looks like? And does anyone want to be in a church like that? I think that's pastors' heaven. I think that's go on a holiday and uh, and let you guys get on. I think that's that's how family should. That's a family who understanding family and loving each other, and it makes it all in in one sense very straightforward. The psalmist, a song to bring you higher, or a psalm of a sense, puts it this way: How good and pleasant it is when brothers, any brothers and sisters, live together in unity. It ends it ends by saying, "For there the Lord bestows or commands his blessing, even life evermore." There's a there's a way we position ourselves that, that causes God to bless us. And the way it comes is by standing together as family, loving one another and expressing unity. It, it's a promise. It's not, God's not a slot machine. I've done this so I get. But it, but it just does work like that. As we stand together we, and unify together, actually God commands a, ple- a, a blessing. It's good and pleasant. But it takes effort. Paul says it like this way, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So, so we've got something, but we're keeping it. And again, I don't know how many of you know that. In marriage, for example, where, where actually you can have a falling out uh, and it can be a bit quieter than it was between you. Uh, the, the truth is you're still married. <laughs> and And... I, how, how many of us know that when, <clears throat> when you come to conclude that and work that out and communicate well and, and process that through and unite again, it's a, it's a sense of, oh, there's, there's the peace that was there legally in that sense and exists it is a different type of expression of it now again. And I think that's what Paul's talking. He says it, it exists, but it's to be expressed and experienced as we keep and make an effort to maintain it and I, I would say as I just land this I, I think there's, we're in a season I would say in more than 10 the 10 years that I've been here we're in a season where there's more opportunity for disunity than I've ever known in 10 years that's the truth and so I think there's big changes ahead we've talked about some of those we need to take time to respond to each other to listen to each other to allow each other uh, to be all that we're feeling That, that all of that's fine uh, and then maybe hug each other uh, and um, uh, and love each other well but we, we've got a building where everyone's got an opinion on. I think the wall should be this colour. I think we should use the building. I'm unusual that we put a wall there. I wonder if the door handles the right one. I wonder if that sign's the right thing. I wonder, should we have come in that front door? I wonder what the colour of the car... Co- I mean, it's constantly, I promise you, I wouldn't have done it in that order. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so, we, you know, we're all managing that. Uh, and... I think all of those comments are okay, but, but we know where our hearts are when we say some of that. You know, we, we, we've moved multiple venues. So we've, Christchurch has had to move out of the region to, to, uh, to the Grange. If, uh, if you've been there and seen that, it was one way and now it's another way and it was this and it was, you know, it's, uh, all those things are going on, all these moving parts. And in such a season, the enemy will try and bring disunity. He will try and tell you that really we're a machine and we should be working like that rather than family. He'll he'll tell you there's there's more important things to say and it doesn't matter how I say it because it needs to be said. And rather than loving one another and saying it from a place of love. he'll, He'll want to bring disagreements, misunderstandings, drive a wedge between the family. I put it this way, when we fall out, we're doing the devil's work for him. Don't want to do that, do we? It's not, it's not wise uh, to be fighting for the enemy uh, against one another and so it's exactly what we have to remember we're family we love each other we stand together loads more i could say on this but i would say be ruthless with gossip be ruthless with it don't gossip don't listen to it and remember we're talking about in the church don't do it out the church but don't do it in the church uh, and then be ruthless with criticism. Ask yourself the question, do I know all the facts? Am I talking to the person who knows all the facts and can help me? Is this helping towards a solution? Or is it just describing my angst? And just think about that. Because I do that all the time and I call it descriptive language. But this doesn't help me to, to, to conclude anything. I'm just, at the moment, just describing. Forgive quickly and fully. Proverbs says this, overlook an offence. It is to his glory to overlook an offence. That's a tough one, isn't it? You've offended me, but I'm choosing to overlook it. That's what Jesus did. He absorbed pain on the cross. And then be ruthless with judgment. Matthew 7 says this, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you'll be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. You know what judgment does is this. it's, It's making a judgment or a pronouncement on something to condemn. And what it does is it, judgment lifts you a little bit superior and everyone else a little bit lower and you preside over it with judgment. That's different to discernment. We understand? And so, so I think Jesus in Matthew saying, look, don't do that because if you shovel out judgment, God will shovel it back. <laughs> with the measure you use, he'll measure it back. And so... Yeah, you know, I would have done it this way. I could have done it better. We, and, and actually, this can, this can relate to all sorts of things in our upbringings, and our families, those we've related to, other than just the church. But I could have done it better. Good question to ask is, could you? Could you, with the, the hand that that person got dealt with and their experience, could, could you have done it better than them? It's tough, isn't it? Because it makes you step back and have a little bit more of a three-dimensional view uh, of what's going on. And then help one another. Unity is a heart condition and a position. It's not about agreement. We, we can disagree on lots of things, but you know when your heart is sitting with criticism, judgment in that versus, do you know, I think we just don't quite see it the same, but, but I love you. You know, it's quite, quite a different thing. So again, I would say as a family, let's definitely express those things. Let's ask questions. Let's challenge. Let's feel strongly about things. That's what I love about this church. We feel things because we care about what we're about, but let's do it from a position of family being for one another, and soaked in love and honor. James three eighteen says it like this. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with dignity and honor. So we're family. Love matters unity is fundamental and I, I, I want to express that because I want, I want us to have an environment where we can can work those things through well and I think I think this moment we're in is a moment for that I think it's a moment of going deeper into our our family our koinonia that's your Greek word for the day your devoted fellowship your your sacrificial love for one another your connection vertically and horizontally vertically with God horizontally with one another uh, and then unifying with Christ together into eternity because that's what we are with brothers and sisters heading into eternity with God and each other. Amen? Amen. Amen. Shall we stand and um, I will stand with you. I'm going to pray for you guys. Yeah Lord we do just come to you right now and we, we say oh God would you fill us with your spirit and enable us not only to be a supernatural family in terms of theological truth but be empowered by the Holy Spirit so that it could be supernatural outcomes of this family. Lord I pray love would invade our hearts one for another. I pray you'd make us brilliant at listening to each other. I pray that unity would be expressed even where there's differences of perspective Uh, and Lord family would be written over us such that people look in and say oh they belong to Jesus we can see that. And so we say, we ask for that in Jesus' name. We say, fill us again. Fill us again with your Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm we'll handing to Ginny. Yeah, Ginny. Ginny, come and lead us in worship. Thank you.